Good morning, Varada. Welcome to the service on Easter Sunday. It's so good to have you with us. Today, as you can see, we're filming in St. Michael's Church. This is the last Easter here in St. Michael's as we prepare for closure later this month. Now, I know that that's really sad for many, but as we look back, we've got lots to celebrate, many happy years in this place and a great inheritance of faith. This has been a place that's encouraged and nurtured and grown the faith of many. And today on Easter Sunday, we know that as one chapter ends, another surely begins because we're a resurrection people, a people that continue to journey with Jesus. So while we celebrate the past, and lament the sadness of the present, we look forward to with hope and confidence, believing in a God whose mercies are new every morning. So as we celebrate Easter Day together, let me pray the special prayer of the church, the collect. Lord of all life and power, who br brought through the mighty resurrection of your son, a new order of life over sin and death, and you made all things new in him. Grant that we, being dead to sin and alive with you in Jesus Christ, may reign with him in glory, to whom with thee and the Holy Spirit be praise and honour and glory and might, now until all eternity. Amen. So let's worship together.
A reading from John, the death of Lazarus. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death, rather than it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. After hearing that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you were going there again. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring mainly to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I am not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Mary had heard that Jesus was coming, she went, and met, she went out and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews were there with her in the house, consoling her. So Mary got up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her were also weeping, 
He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Well, a very happy Easter 
Today we're looking at the final of Jesus' I am sayings. Appropriately, I am the resurrection and the life. The story today begins with Jesus having had the news that his great friend Lazarus was very unwell and on the brink of death. I wonder how you would have responded if you'd had news like that. Personally, I think I'd have been inclined to stop what I was doing, to pack up all my belongings and get to the bedside of that person that I loved, to be with them as they drew their final breath and prepared for death. Astonishingly though, Jesus' response is markedly different. Knowing full well that Lazarus is ill, Jesus stays where he is. He continues to do what he's doing. He wants to make sure that Lazarus is well and truly dead. It's an unbelievable response, isn't it? And yet Jesus says that this is for God's glory. So there's something bigger at stake here. This story is not simply about the life and death of Lazarus. It's about the identity of Jesus. And then Jesus says to his disciples, Lazarus is going to fall asleep. It's clear that the disciples, much like me and you today, have not quite understood things properly. Well, if Lazarus is unwell, they say, it'll probably be good for him to sleep. Jesus, though, he's understood the situation more clearly. Lazarus, he says, is going to die. But for the time being, we're going to stay here and keep doing what we're doing. When the news of Lazarus' death had finally dawned, Jesus decides to go back to Bethany to be with Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, and to be at his graveside. Well, a little late, one might say, but that's what he does, and so he goes. And there he finds people naturally weeping, grieving the loss of a loved one. And this year, more than any other year, perhaps, we know the reality of grief. It's been a difficult year. Lazarus, by the time Jesus arrives, has been in the grave for four days. Yes, he's well and truly dead. Jesus is greeted by Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, and it's clear that he loves them. When he sees their emotion, he's moved to tears. Lord, they cry, if you had been here, our brother Lazarus would not have died. But even now we know that whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. Such faith. Isn't that unbelievable? Their chips were down. Their brother Lazarus had died. And yet, they hold on to a belief and trust in Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, our brother Lazarus would not have died. But even now, even having been in the grave for four days, even now, we know that whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. Mary and Martha had every good reason not to believe in Jesus, not to trust him, not to put their faith in him. But they choose to believe and to trust. After a year like no other, we might, I know I certainly have, questions or questioned God. Where are you, God? How can you have allowed this to happen? 
And yet the challenge for us, even in this difficult time of sorrow and grief, is to look at the example of Mary and Martha and to say, Lord, even now, we know that whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. The thing about Mary and Martha is that they knew Jesus. They really knew him. They knew of his goodness in the past, his faithfulness in the present. And so they believed that they could trust him in the future. Lord, whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. Mary and Martha were not about to lose faith. And that too is the challenge for us. As they grieved, Jesus was alongside them, moved deep within himself. He wept. And as we grieve, as we face challenges, Jesus draws near to us too. He weeps with us. But do we believe in him? Do we put our trust in him? Jesus then goes to the grave of Lazarus. Lazarus who had been dead and in the grave for four days. And he cries out to God. God, be with me as I perform this sign. He was crying out to God, not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of the Jewish crowd gathered there at the grave of Lazarus. And then, with a loud voice, having cried out to God for help, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. And in a moment, Lazarus comes up from the grave, still wrapped in grave clothes. I wonder what the people there must have thought. There were people there who no doubt believed in Jesus, astonished by his many miracles. But there were people there too who had seen Jesus at work, who'd seen him give sight to the blind, unstop the ears of the deaf, enable people to leap like deer in the field. And yet they still chose not to believe in him because his ways were perhaps too much of a challenge, because it meant doing things in new and different ways, or perhaps because they were simply too comfortable with the way things had always been. They were perhaps the people that went back to Jerusalem and in just a few days' time cried out, crucify him, put him to death, on a Roman cross. But for others, like Mary and Martha, this was an astonishing thing. They would have known that Lazarus had to die because his rising from the grave told us something staggering about Jesus. It proved that Jesus was not simply a prophet or a good teacher. He was more than that. He was much more. Remember again the words that Jesus spoke to Mary and Martha. Your brother will rise again in the resurrection. 
Yes, we know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day, they said. The Jews, they were waiting for that time when a Messiah figure would raise the dead. And Jesus says to them, I am that resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And even in their grief, even in their sorrow, even having lost their brother Lazarus, they were able to say yes. Yes, Lord, we believe. Their belief in Jesus, well, it was not in vain. Because with a loud voice, Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. He showed us that he was the Messiah, that we could believe in him, that we could trust in him. And crucially, in a few days' time, he would show us how, unlike Lazarus, who raised from the dead would die again, he would have the final victory over death. Because dying a criminal's death on a Roman cross, he would rise again triumphant. He was the resurrection and the life. He would have victory over death, not just his own, but ours too, and for all who, like Mary and Martha, believed in him. Following his own death, the disciples, they were terrified. They locked themselves away in an upper room for fear of what was going on in the world around them. Mary, she was grieving. Thomas, his life was full of doubts. And I think after a year like none other, we might be forgiven for being full of grief, of fear and doubt. But today, Jesus reminds us that he has victory over those things. He has victory over even the worst that life can throw at us, even death itself. And he promises us life in all its fullness in the world to come when we live in eternity with him but also now and I wonder if you like me are asking well what does that look like well I think we catch a glimpse of that after the resurrection of Lazarus and after the resurrection of Jesus himself after the resurrection of Lazarus grief becomes incredible joy Mary and Martha knew that their faith in Jesus was not in vain. But after the final victory over death, the resurrection of Jesus, those disciples whose lives were full of grief, of fear and doubt, they experienced something that is the reality of every Christian down through the ages. Jesus appears to the twelve, paralyzed by fear in an upper room and he says peace be with you their fear it disappears in an instant it becomes a new courage a new boldness to proclaim that Jesus has had victory over death and that he lives to Mary whose life was full of grief like Mary and Martha 
he appears to her too and he consoles her and he comforts her and her grief becomes an eternal joy. And to Thomas, full of doubt, Jesus says, don't doubt. Put your hand in my side. Believe in me. Trust in me. I am the risen Lord. And his doubt becomes an incredible certainty. This is my Lord and my God. I can believe and trust in him. Just like every Christian down through the ages, their experience was one of grief, of fear and doubt. But in those places of grief and fear and doubt, Jesus journeys close to the disciple, turning grief into incredible joy, turning fear into unbelievable peace, and turning doubt into such an incredible assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. A glory which today we rejoice will one day be yours and mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, on this Easter Sunday we come before you and despite the many distractions that we, we could be thinking of and focusing of, we choose to focus on you right now, God. And we worship you and we adore you, God. And we just acknowledge that you are the God who made us and made the world that we live in. And you're not a faraway God, you're a personal God, a really intimate God. And the story of Easter just proves that to us time and time and year and year again. Lord, we praise you that you're a powerful God. So many stories in the Bible of you physically and spiritually healing people. And ultimately, this Easter Sunday, we remember your power over death. Death was defeated by you on Easter Sunday. And we say, amazing, and praise you, God, for that. 
And Lord, we come before you this Sunday, this Easter Sunday, and we say sorry that we don't always remember the fact that you are this creator, this personal God, this powerful God over life and death. And especially in this last year of COVID and suffering and so much death, and sometimes it has been hard to remember and relate to you, God. And we may well have questions. Are you the same God now as you were on that first Easter morning? And we give you thanks, God, because the resounding answer is yes, you are. And we say thank you, God, that you still are that same powerful, loving, personal God to us. Lord, we thank you for the, the healthcare system. We thank you for our bodies and our brains and all the all the stuff you've enabled us to do over the centuries and learn to do. We've got electricity and lighting. We've got vaccines, God, because you gave us the ability to think, create and design these things. But God, we thank you that when the the doctor's interventions run out and death awaits, you still have an answer for us. You still have something to say about that. Thank you, God, that you have the last say over life after death. And thank you, God, that you have something to say about life before death too. Easter Sunday isn't just about life after death. It's about life now, fulfilling, wonderful life with you now in our lives. And God, we, we thank you for the drastic difference we see in the disciples' lives when they actually discover that meaning for themselves. And Lord, we, yeah, it was full technicolour that first Easter Sunday when the disciples really got you. They'd spent three years with you, Lord, but they didn't fully get you. And we don't fully get you. But God, may we get more of that technicolour Jesus on Easter Sunday. Thank you for your truth and your hopes in our lives and our world today. Thank you that we live in a world that is worth celebrating. And we thank you, God, for the things that you celebrated and honoured on that first Easter Sunday. Thank you, God, that you, you honoured women. You praised women. You honoured those who weren't religious. You showed that you loved the rebellious and the unreligious, the people who society thought were outcasts and weren't worth bothering with. You shout that they are and remind us that they are. Hope for before death and after death is for everyone in you, Jesus. And we, we acknowledge, Lord, that's true for everyone who calls you their personal saviour. So, Lord, help us this Easter Sunday to live like Easter Sunday people in an Easter Saturday world. Lord, increase our desire and our uncomfortableness with the injustice we see, with the lack of mercy we see in relationships and situations, with the lack of forgiveness in the world. Increase our desire to change that, God, to be like those first disciples on a radical mission. Help us to wake up and want to do what they did. Help us not to rely just on the stories of brave men and women 2,000 years ago who shared the life-changing message of Jesus. Lord, would you help us to be like them, to have our own stories. Lord God, this Easter Sunday, we ask that you would help us to work with our clergy and our church family and friends in this, in this parish area and beyond. Lord, on this Easter Sunday, in 2021, in the midst of COVID and lockdown still, in our present suffering and pain, Lord, we ask that you would help us to celebrate, really celebrate, the difference that that first Easter Sunday has made to our lives. 
Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Easter Sunday. I hope that you have a blessed day as much as you're able within the current restrictions. And I hope that the coming week is a time of blessing for you too. If there's absolutely anything that we can do during the coming week to help or to support you, whether that be spiritually or practically, then please do get in touch as we normally encourage you to do. And can I remind you again that one of the things that we're doing is putting together a team of volunteer callers to help people turn isolation into connection. And if you'd value a chat, then please do get in touch with the person who's coordinating that team, one of our wardens, Rob Samuel, who'll be able to put you in touch with somebody. But for now, as a new week begins, let me pray for God's blessing on us. 
the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.